This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Hey guys, did you know QPR stands for uh, QPR Pummeled by Ruffles? Yeah, that's right. Welcome to the warm-up episode 90. I'm your host, Brady Frost, and to preview the game against the Swans, I'm joined by Tom Bradshaw and the second tier's Justin Peach. Tom, can you believe it? We've actually won a game. We can talk about a game that Huddersfield have won. Well, do you know, I've just realised, Brady, I mean, how long is it since we've won, it feels? Um, and we didn't do a preview, so maybe we're a bad omen. Maybe. Although we did do a little Twitter thread of our previous one. Uh, stop this right now and um, call it a day. Fair, fair. Um, well, I feel like we'd be, you know, after getting Justin Peach on, it'd be a shame to, to end it. Justin, how are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. I feel like I had some part in playing... Uh, well, some part in this in this win because I said at the weekend on the podcast on Secretary Podcast that I can't I couldn't see where Huddersfield were next going to score or, or even win. So um, to the town of Huddersfield, you are welcome. And we will take it. We will take anything. Um, you do mention that though, Justin. I, I saw you. You know, you and Ryan saying it, it's uh, Huddersfield looking likely for relegation on your pod. Um, well, a better than unexpected win against a QPR team who. Hadn't scored in three games, but you feel like a right mug now, don't you? Oh, always, always. I'm happy to be uh, happy to be uh, surprised by Mark Fotheringham. Still, still yet to score more than one op- uh, one goal from open play, though. But you know, we'll, we'll leave uh, we'll, we'll leave that one until uh, it, yeah, a bit further down the line. We can we can we can take the mick, but we uh, we well we can give taking the mick, but we clearly can't take it. So it's still a little bit raw because we are bottom of the league. Um, Justin, before I kind of get into the preview for the Swansea game, um, I ask everyone who's who's not been on since Fotheringham has been appointed. He's uh, got 10 games in charge now. Um, what have you kind of made of him so far from a neutral? Talks a lot. Um, talks a lot. And I don't know if he says much, if that makes sense. Yeah, he talks a big game. He doesn't really, doesn't really say a lot. Um, and he almost repeats himself quite often. It's got a bit uh, exhausting. Um with the whole, you know, we're still creating chances and whatnot. We should be more clinical. Don't necessarily buy into it. This is completely unbiased and neutral point of view. I just don't think Huddersfield are creating enough chances under Mark Fotheringham, which is a major, major worry. I do think defensively they have tightened up. 
and they are aggressive. They are they are looking a lot better uh, transitionally in presses, but they just don't have a cutting edge at the moment. But I don't know whether that's because that's perhaps a little bit more symptomatic from the Colbrand era because they had a couple of issues under Colbrand with the same with the same thing, possibly bared out by set pieces. But um, yeah, not not overly convinced. But I do think he has done some good work. Certainly a massive step up from Schofield. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Although I will say with Schofield, as much as he was a, a great player for town, the bar of uh, him being manager is a very low bar. But you know, beggars can't be choosers at this point. Um, which leads us on nicely to to the game on Saturday. So uh, we are playing Swansea following that midweek win uh, at QPR. Swansea were also in action this week. They drew two all against Birmingham City. Um, Tom, has that win in London? Is it giving you some hope for survival? Because you know. Fans were saying, oh, we'll be cut adrift if we lose this. You win, and then suddenly if we win on Saturday, we're, we're right back in the mix to, to get out of the bottom three. Yeah, I, I think I've been saying it, Alana, that this, this league is so tight and it's annoyed me a bit how we've kind of looked like the only team who's looked not been kind of picking points up in the last few weeks. But we're still close, yeah. So, I mean, even if we won this last game, we're not going to get out of that bottom three going into the the World Cup break, but you still only last time I looked, Brady, what are we about? If so if we say we win Saturday, then you could potentially be only a point uh, three points off Hull who are in nineteenth. So it's just it's just crazy tight, isn't it? Um still got that game in hand against Coventry as well. Um, who seem to have turned it around. I mean, that's I think that's what you've got to look at as well, is the run that Coventry were, were on and look where they are now. They're up into 12th. Um, so I think there's positives there. You get a nice break now where he can really drill on any ideas um, that he has. And like Justin says, I think one thing that Town need to work on is just trying to be a bit more creative in open play and picking up a few more goals from that. Yeah, I suppose it helps if you can have Josh Russell's doing overhead kicks. Um, you know, do that every week, Josh. Um, Justin, do you, do you think the Terriers can build on the the win against QPR? I mean, what what did you make of it? I know a lot of QPR fans were saying, "Oh, we had so many shots," but um, I know Nichols had to make a few good saves. But it was, you know, from from the biased fan perspective, I, I thought this was one of Fotheringham's better performances as you know managing the team. Yeah, I think despite QPR having. 36 shots I think they broke Leeds' record championship record for the amount of shots in the game they only had six on target so it wasn't like they were having really good chances I think Huddersfield blocked 16 um, 16 of those shots um, you can tell I've been doing my notes for the podcast this week um, you can see yeah. Um, yeah Huddersfield blocked quite a few so I think that tells you that they were quite organised and they took the chances when they come, which is what you need in an away, in an away performance. Um, so as I say, I think QPR had a lot of shots without actually creating too many clear-cut chances. Um, and I think that's been the main thing under Fotheringham. Um, he's not been on the other end of any hammerings. They've been tight games. It's been 1-0s, 2-1s. Sunderland game was a 2-0 loss, but uh, I think it was Diallo scored in the, the 90th minute on a breakaway. Um, so there are tight games, which means it is a, it is a fine margin. Um and if and if they can get a run together, doing it the same way Coventry did, are you keeping clean sheets, making sure games are tight, limiting opposition is the way to do it. The only thing, the only big difference is Coventry have someone like Victor Gilchrist who can change games. Callum O'Hare, Gus Hamer, don't really know where the uh, game change is coming from a Huddersfield perspective, but it's a massive, massive result. And 
certainly something to build on. I think Swansea, are, it's a good it's a good time to play Swansea, I think. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I, I know I keep peppering you with questions, but um, you know more about Swansea than Tom and I do. What, what can we kind of expect uh, on Saturday? Because uh, obviously they drew away in midweek as well. You can expect not having the ball. Um, there'll be a lot of possession play from Swansea. Um, I don't think they have been as good this season as they have been in uh, certain points last season, which is quite saying something because they are on the, the edge of the playoffs. But as you guys have mentioned already, it's a very tight league. Um, but I think recently they've, they've been conceding goals. Uh, they've conceded two to Wigan from set pieces, which should give Fotheringham a little bit of um, inclination as to how to um, get the better of Swansea. Um, and I think if you do sit in a low block uh, and make it really difficult um, against a Russell Martin team, um, they will find it tricky because they don't have an operator like Jamie Patterson who can who can operate in tight spaces, change games. Um, they are relying heavily on sort of playing the ball into spaces. Uh, Matt Grimes, Ollie Cooper have been very good at that um, with Obafemi. So yeah, it's, it'll be a tight game again, obviously. But as I say, I think it's a really good time to play Swansea because they've been conceding goals. They haven't been in the best form. They haven't won in the last four. Um, so yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, a really good chance, I think, for for Huddersfield to build upon that uh, that win against QPR. Sounds good. I look forward to the inevitable defeat that will happen there. Um, <laughs> Tom, uh, Swansea, you know, Justin said quite rightly they're going to have a lot of the ball. Um, who did you pick as a as a key man? Are they key to keeping the ball from from us? Um, so I. I, I... Not really seen him play that much. Of the the highlights I've seen and stuff, I've I've quite liked the look of that. Um, Ryan Manning, who plays left back, um, or kind of left wing back, um, because they they seem to be correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, but playing a bit of like kind of two five two, um, with those kind of full full mm-hmm. back backs coming up and down and he, he's uh, he's played most games I think this season and uh, f- about three assists so he seems like quite a good creative creative little player but um, sounds up for it as well in his uh, recent presses and stuff um, trying to get them because they're, they're up, I think they know that they're in a bit of a dip at the moment and um, from when I was having a look earlier he was uh, trying to get them going for this game uh, last night and they couldn't really get that win, could they? What was it, two all? Who did they play again? Birmingham. Uh, Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham, who were actually playing quite well this season, which is quite um, a shock when I look at my predictions at the start of the year. <laughs> yeah, who picked them for 24th? Oh, I think I did that as well. <laughs> um, but, you know, what do we know, clearly? You know, so... You're right, Tom. We should end this podcast. But um, Justin, what about you? Who do you pick as the the key man for Swansea? Yeah, I've already mentioned Matt Grimes. Um, he's the player who's going to dictate the play. He's everything that Swansea do. That's that's good. Always comes through him. Although they do have the wing backs, they they rely very uh, very much so on on dominating central areas with possession, without possession. And Matt Grimes is very good at that. Um, he's taken on a bit more of a box to box role this season. Um, rather than sort of the anchor role that he's been used to playing, which has been um, a bit of a breath of fresh air, I think, for him, because it, he's such an incisive passer. He can break lines of his passing. So if you've got someone like Obafemi running running off the shoulder of defenders, um, he's certainly got a lot of, yeah, a lot of targets to aim for in that sense. So yeah, Matt Grimes for me, as I say, a lot of good things pass through pass through him. And if, um, if Huddersfield can dominate the midfield area, I do fancy him to win, but it's, it's, a, it's a big if. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I love an opportunity to plug anything I do, um, I'm going to go for, Justin will know, because uh, I wrote an article for the second tier, which was uh, 
the England squad, which is due to be, as this probably goes out, it will be announced today. Uh, so we did. I did a little article, chat to a fan from every championship club about uh, if you could pick one English representative from your club, who would it be? And the Swansea fan obviously doesn't care about England, cared more about Wales, fair enough. Uh, but he picked Matt Grimes because, like you said, Justin, he, he keeps the ball moving, rarely gives it away and can play those more ambitious passes, scored in midweek as well. Um, if I can't pick him because you've already got him, uh, I would probably go for uh, Obafemi, who you touched on as well, just because I think he's a striker I've always liked, um, one that Town could have looked at. But Tom, how many times when we do this segment <laughs> do we say, oh, it'd be good if others would have played like that? Yeah, but what are we going to do, Brady? Buy the club. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, mate. Let's do a GoFundMe. <laughs> well, you know, if ta- town fans donated to my uh, Great North Run, so, you know, if we if there's the same level of energy, we could do it, mate. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, Tom, um, we'll stop talking about me, even though it's my favourite thing, clearly. Because um, you talked to a Swansea fan, didn't you? Um, so what's the situation? Um, I caught with uh, Steve, uh, the Swansea fan. We've lost to a pub side. We've literally lost to a pub side. Hi, mate. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. So, how's your season going? So, how is Swansea doing this season? Uh, a little bit hit and miss, a poor start, and then a good run. And now we've had a bit of a wobble, no wins in the last four, gifting some poor goals. Um, we have been better going forward since we had picked up at the start of September, but... Um, Probably a little bit frustrated, given that, uh, like I said, the last four games, have, uh, we haven't picked up a win. Who's a standout player for you so far? I think my uh, favourite player so far this season has probably been Ryan Manning, our left wing-back. He's done very well, offered a big attacking threat. I think he scored about three goals as well, so he's done very well. Um, I think some of the better players that we had from last year haven't really hit the heights yet, like Joel Perot and, and Jamie Patterson hasn't played a great deal, so... I think if, if those guys can start firing as well, then you'll see an improvement at Swansea. And what's your score prediction against town? Uh, score prediction? I'm not really too sure. Obviously, we need to be targeting this as, as a win, really. Obviously, Huddersfield haven't had a great start to the season. Um, but I'm going to sit on the fence and say one all draw. Thank you. Bye. And that was a brilliant little chat down uh, on um, Barry Island. It was a little brilliant chat, so thanks to Steve for chatting to us. Right, let's get a break in and uh, we'll come back and do the mail. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. <laughs> okay, we're back. So that means one thing and one thing only. It's time for the mailbag. You've got mail. Okay, gents. So, um, quite a few questions. It's amazing what a wind does. The questions are a lot more positive. Uh, so the first one here is kind of positive, I suppose. Uh, HDAFC family, he asks, are we still doomed or is there light at the end of the tunnel? Justin, you're a neutral. So we will go to you first. Wow. Um, I wouldn't say doomed, but there is there is a glimmer of hope. But I, I do think Huddersfield have been the the worst team in a division this season. To be really blunt about it, um, you know that you know if you look at Coventry when they were bottom of the table, you could sort of give them a little bit of a, the benefit of the doubt because of the stadium issues and pitch issues and whatnot. Um, but I think this win should galvanise the team. Should galvanise Mark Fotheringham into. Um, creating more chances and I say I think that's the key thing is just to be a little bit more threatening going forward not even massively threatening just a little bit more threatening because uh, as, as, as I said but apart from set pieces um, I don't know where Huddersfield are going to score from um, that is the, the really good answer so if you can fix that issue then yeah absolutely I think I think that there is a light at the end of the tunnel but until then just can't see it for me mm, I think we'd agree with you you know I know we not to joke but Tom and I kind of agreed that we have been the worst team in the division for until recently. You know, performances have been a bit better. Um, I suppose I suppose I'd ask you as well, Justin. You know, obviously you're not you're keeping an eye on us every week, but maybe you know not as as much as uh, we are, like and agonising over every little detail. But have you been surprised by the the drop up from town? Obviously, you know, play a final. We don't need to talk about that. But you know, like to to where we are now. Um, not necessarily. As I say, I think the business in the summer was. Really underwhelming. I think if you look at the likes of Jack Radoni, I think that was a good signing. But a lot of the signings have been made for two or three years' time, where these players will probably start to flourish and be really, really massive players for the first team. Um, so I think in that sense, I, I just think that the team, that the squad needed a prop up from from last season. I think there was a, a short forwarding quality at times. As I say, there was a reliance on set pieces. Um, so that told me that there needed to be a little bit of injection um, of quality. And when you lose players like Lewis O'Brien, okay, maybe not Harry Toffolo, because I think, I think wing-backs are relatively easy to replace. Um, I say that with a pinch of salt. But someone like Lewis O'Brien is a massive, massive player. Um, one of the best midfielders, if not the best midfielder in the division last season. Take him out of the team and it's a, it's a big, big hole. Um, so I think based on the business, no, I don't. I wasn't particularly pleased with it. I think that sort of set Huddersfield up for a really, really poor season. Mm, yeah, Fred, I have to agree with you. But um, Tom, anyway, we'll go back to the question. Uh, do you think we're doomed or is, is there light at the end of the tunnel still? Um, I don't think we're doomed because we're not that far adrift. So there's like, if they pull the fingers out, it's there for them, isn't it? That's the thing. That's that. I mean, that's the thing that has annoyed me all season. We've still, we're still kind of in touching distance of things and we're not cut adrift from anything because everyone still seems to be beating everyone. So um, we're not doomed, but um, a win on Saturday would be massive. Like I honestly think if two wins just before this break 
you're looking at the table completely differently. I do. I I don't think it's a must win, but I think the mentality will be a little bit different coming out of the break. If say we lose on Saturday, and, and maybe other teams pick up a few more points, and that gap reappears. Um, but yeah, not doomed. But uh, I don't know. We got we got to do something. We got to change something, Brady. Yeah, I agree. I think you know. Saturday is quite a big is is a big game, I think, because you're absolutely right. We're gonna have that break, and you know what it's like. The more time there isn't between games, the more you kind of sweat over every little detail. And look, if we if we win on Saturday, that would be the first time of the season we've got back to back wins, and that would that would feel huge. Um, you know, we've said before, you know, before we, I've got to be honest, I wasn't. I did say I've got a little sneaky feeling with bit QPR because, uh, you know, Justin mentioned on the second tier they due to have a bad phase. And I, I, I do think we are due to have a good phase. And I hope, you know, I hope it could maybe carry on if we're going to have this break. But it's it's always been, for me, we just needed to get to this break, have that month on the, on the grass with Fotheringham to implement his ideas more, you know, one of the questions will come on to it, talking about loan players and maybe if we should recall any of them. Um, I think that's a, a debate to be had, which I think is interesting. But it's a it's a long season. We've still got two two thirds of the season to go, and I think I don't think we are doomed. However, you know we do need to we do need to start getting those wins and getting a little bit of consistency. And I think the January transfer window is massive. I know we've talked previously about Dean Hoyle, you know, taking a back seat and. Um, I do think even if he does want to sell, you know, a championship club, as we've said many times on here, is a more attractive proposition than a League One club. You're going to get more money for it. So Dean's a smart businessman. I know he's a fan as well, but from a pure business perspective, backing us in the January transfer window to give us a chance to stay up. It doesn't have to be millions. You know, it just has to be additions because we've been ravaged by injuries. And I think I think that's it. You know, there's a lot to be said, but I think getting some line players back and getting some additions in January, I think we can make a real fight of it. And that's exactly what you saw against QPR. You know, you saw fight. You know, we saw hanging in. I, I you know, they were. It was a bit of a um, backs against the wall for the last half an hour, but we, we hung on. And I, I think that's you know that's a sign of a team that's that if they don't have quality going forward, which we talked about, at least they've got a bit of fight. And you know. Um, it's the hope that kills you, but you know, it's given me hope. So yeah, we will see, but we'll move on because I talked about loan players and that was our next question uh, from Smile a while. So he asks, uh, Fotheringham actually made some good tactical changes. We've lived dangerously, but against a better side of Philly would have broken us down. Do we think returning some loan players would get us out of this relegation scrap? Um, Tom, I'll come to you because we did a little tweet about this the other day, actually. And I was surprised to see how many people thought, yes, bring some players back. I don't think it gets you out of the scrap because I, I, um, those players are on loan for a reason to kind of. I think when they're on loan, them they're just, it's um, what's the phrasing I'm looking for? It's an environment that's maybe not going to affect town, but is going to be good for their development. You know what I mean? And bringing them back into the fold maybe is putting a bit of pressure on them from a Huddersfield perspective. Um, but I would recall a few just because at the moment we're very light on the numbers with injuries and stuff. Um, and as we've seen with Kamara, you give the young lads too many games in a row, they're, they're more likely to pick up those injuries just 
because of the, the body not being maybe ready for that full-fledged men's football yet kind of thing. So, um, who who would I bring back, Brady? Do you want me to throw some names out there? Shall, shall I read the list for you? Because, uh, Justin, yeah. I appreciate you might not know all the lone players who are out. Because, um, yeah, why, why would you bet? Danny Grant, uh, Josh Caroma, Kieran Phillips, Carl Hudlin, Matty Daly, Romani Edmonds-Green, Romney Critchlow, Ryan Schofield and Scott High. Um, obviously, Keen Harrett was on loan, but uh, terminated, which, uh, you know, we'll wait to see what happens with that. But um, that wasn't good. But Tom, I assume you're not going to pick Keen Harrett, but uh, who, who are you going to pick? Well, I, I, I've said it before. I really like Scott High. Um, I've always thought he's pretty solid player. Even when he came on for us the last couple of seasons, I thought he's looked... He's looked like he can do a job. He slots in fine. He holds the ball up really well. He might doesn't look like the strongest player, but the way he kind of holds off players and stuff, a bit reminiscent. No, no, no one's gonna be able to do it like Lewis O'Brien. But um, I think he he kind of used to come on for us, didn't he? And and almost try to replicate that job. Uh, so I'd I'd be recalling Scott, um, Josh Osterfield's been doing all right at. Harrogate recently it'd be really to see if he maybe continues that before uh before January. I haven't seen Danny Grant. Yeah, all right. I'm having a look now. Eight eight appearances, two assists, so no goals yet. Maybe he needs. A, I think he needs a season of like first team football. And recalling him, he's probably not gonna get in ahead of some of the other lads. But uh, we are really lacking up top and. That's questioning it. It's like Phillips as well. What? How? I don't know. How Phillips is doing. Brady. Is he? Do you know how he's doing? Um, I don't. I think he scored a couple, but again, I feel like you know the only thing is we're talking about players who are playing League One, League Two levels, so it's a lot to ask for him to come in. Um, he's played. So in League One this season for Morecambe, he's played uh, twelve, and he's got four goals and then an assist. Whether that can translate to two leagues up is another question. I mean, there was someone who had started very well who we all he's kind of thought that was the end of his time at town, and that's Josh Caroma, isn't it? Um I'm guessing that because it's the type of player that he is and the age that he is, that there's probably not a recall in that loan deal. I don't mm-hmm. really do you know what I mean? Not too sure. I I just I just have a feeling that there wouldn't be potentially, and that's kind of why he's gone anyway. But I do think it's it was a strange one sending him out because he's in the last year of his contract as well. Kind of like you've just given up on him, and he's gone to Portsmouth and actually had a really good start there. Um, so is it worth maybe recalling him? Because I mean, when managers change, you. It could completely kind of revitalize your career at a club, can't it? So, yeah, I think for I think for me the three that spring to mind: Scott High. You know, I, I looked; he's had eleven games at Rotherham. He's only he's not started any. So, I think the fact that we are lacking him in field, I think even if he's just for a bench option, I think we need that. Edmonds Green um, is you know he's online at Wigan. You know, and given the injuries to Turton and Nakayama, and you know, Leeds out with COVID, I just think I think that makes sense, doesn't it? And yeah, Karoma, I think why not? You know, like 
I swear, I think you're right. If you loan someone out and they've only got a year left on the contract, maybe you think that's it. But he, we did see under Carlos that first season that he can he can score that goal from nothing. And particularly, like, I think of that game last season against Blackpool, the three 0 win away, and he he scores that goal from twenty five yards out that I don't think anyone in this squad can do. Um, and you know, you're right, Tom. Maybe a lot of us thought maybe his town career is over, but it's a new boss. You know, it's a why not? You know, I think it's maybe worth the risk. Do they get us out of the scrap? I don't think so, but we just need bodies, you know, but it'd be good to have bodies and then add on top of that. Um, Justin, I, I realise we're putting you on the spot here, but <laughs> I, I'm imagining uh, you may agree with some of our choices or, or do you not think any any would help? Well, yeah, Edmunds Green makes sense. Obviously, Nakayama being injured, he's a left-sided defender or left-footed defender. Um, so bringing him back would, would make sense. I think Scott High went through the motions from from feedback I saw on um, social last season. Um, but again, if it adds an extra body into that midfield, then then perhaps it makes sense. And obviously Fotheringham is a, is a, he's a coach first and foremost, so he's going to try and improve players. So actually he might be able to get something out of Josh Caroma that other managers have, have failed to do. Um, and if you need that spark, then why not? Then why not try? But I think the first thing that Huddersfield need, need to do is assess at the lone players that they've got at the moment, like Kane Hesler Hayden and Luke Mbete, who aren't getting games, who aren't getting regular game time, um, who probably need to go back to the parent clubs and Huddersfield need to fill those slots with more quality, essentially. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And we did see Kessler Hayden come on for the second half, and uh, David, we had on last week, made the good point. If we are going to get these. Um, turn, turn them back and get some new loan players. We've got to be playing these guys because, uh, you know, bobbing out your loan players, it's not really attracted to a Premier League club if you're like, let's get some young lads to rescue our season. Um, but yeah, no, we'll see. Um, it's going to be an interesting, interesting couple of months, I think. Um, and then the final question this week, which was a bit of a joke when it was from Guy Bradley, he uh, said, would Will Boyle head away uh, and he attached a, head this way and attached a picture of an asteroid? Um, but I'm not going to ask you about that. What I am going to ask you is, Tom, Will Boyle, town fans were mocking him. He started the last two games and I think he's been pretty good. Do you agree? I do agree. Um, I do. I don't, I don't think they, well, I do think they were right to mock him because it was just that introduction he, where he came on. Where was it against Stoke, his first appearance? And he come on for five minutes and he... He'd, Fell over his own feet. He literally looked like someone who'd won a competition <laughs> for five minutes. But I think maybe it was just a bit of nerves. It's a massive step up, really, coming from Cheltenham to be back. Because there's kind of pressure on him coming from our academy, captain in Cheltenham, having a really good couple of seasons there. And I think people, I think maybe it got in his own head people kind of bigging him up a lot about thinking, oh, here we go, we've got a really good leader here coming in. And he, he probably just had a few nerves in those first few games. But he's proper turned it around and it's great to see because he's a academy lad and um, he's just, he, you can tell he just loves getting stuck in, doesn't he, and putting his body on the line. Um, some of those blocks, well, not just from him, but he, he was quite, quite key against QPR. But like that's what I love to see. The, there was there's so much. I think one thing maybe he's bringing to the squad, and Fotheringham has said it in his presses, is that he's um, on the training pitch. He's he's really great, and he 
which I thought was quite surprising because I feel like you've you've got to have quite a good mentality to take such a step up. I mean, I know Cheltenham got promoted, but he realistically was making a two-tier leap and he's coming into a squad with um, some reasonably established championship players and like helping them out, you know what I mean? So I think fair play to him. Well done, Will. Keep it up. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The slipping, I mean, like, you're just going to laugh at that. I, if any player slips, it's funny. You know, yes, I am 28 years old and that will always amuse me to the end of time. Um, he also famously came on for the last five minutes and went for the back of Carlin Grant and how the referee didn't give a penalty, I'll never know because that <laughs> I was at the other end of the ground and that was such a blatant penalty. Um, but yeah, no, he's been good. I think, um, you know, I think this is it. You know, he was replacing Nabi Sar, who I know obviously we was very well liked, but it was a good, you know, he is essentially, you know, if Lees comes back in, he is a backup. And I think it's good to have that type of character, as you mentioned, as a backup, you know, that experience and on the young lads. And Justin, I know you might not be uh, well versed in World, World Boys' career, but, you know, town make no bones about it, are in a bit of a relegation scrap. So I suppose it helps to have a defender who's going to head and kick things away, and, you know, to use a classic phrase, keep it simple. Yeah, he's a, he's a defender, first and foremost. A defender, defender of the highest sort of regard, um, head and kick it. And that's that's what you need in this situation. Um, uh, you know, as I say, his last two performances uh, against Blackburn and obviously QPR were, 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 were top-notch. Um has headed everything, blocked, got his body in the line. Um, a lot of good players have made good careers out of doing that in championship. Um, and I think it goes a long way if you can do that, if you're capable of doing that and you can show the commitment of doing that, you you will have a good career. Um, and I think defending, and it's very it's a very Samardice thing to say, defending is very simple. Um, and if and if you do it properly and don't overcomplicate it, you'll be a good defender. And I think that's that's Will Boyle in a nutshell. And obviously, if you're playing for Cheltenham under Someone like Michael Duff, who was a defensive-minded coach, very direct. Um, you are going to bring elements of that. And I think the the worst thing you could have done with Will Boy was try and make him do something different. Um, but it feels like Fotheringham knows knows him well, knows what his strengths are, and, he, and he's playing to them. Yeah. And I don't care. Like, I, I'm, I'm someone who, you know, loves nice football. Who doesn't like nice attacking football? But let's all be honest. We love a defender who's going to, Absolutely smash it clear for your team, put his head in anywhere and just, you know, be a bit cheeky, maybe foul someone when they shouldn't and push over. You can't beat it, can't beat it. I don't care what team you support, everyone loves a bit of that. Um, anyway, we'll move on because it's time for You're the Boss. So, uh, Justin, um, I think I asked you at the start of the season, but we'll ask you now, you know, it's it's getting colder. Are you going to change your managerial get up at all? Are you going to do a Scott Parker, G- or no, Pearson G-Lay, you know, the... Or a Scott Parker cardigan with the four stripes? I will never, ever wear a cardigan. Um, I mean, Scott Parker was wearing it during the heat wave, wasn't he? Which was absolutely ridiculous. So I think I think if uh, a gilet is very versatile, um, so I think a gilet is a good thing to bring in, especially as you get colder. And I don't think it's been that cold. So actually a gilet might be a really good idea. So that's, that's, a, that's a good point to make. Yeah, I, I think I might introduce a gilet into the uh, managerial wardrobe. <laughs> Are you going to get yourself your uh, JP sewn on? Or... Um, yeah, fully committed JP, established 1994. <laughs> <laughs> JP the brand. Nice, there you go. Um, okay, so how Town lined up in the previous game, it was a 4-3-3, so we had Nichols, back four of Spencer, Helic, 
Boyle and Ruffles, uh, and then you had a, a three of Diara, Rodoni and Holmes, followed by the three up front of Thomas, Ward and Jackson. Um, Tom, what changes would you make? Would you make any changes? Mm, it's a very good question because uh, obviously with what we've got... Um, I mean, Kasumu will be back for this. Yeah, right. so I mean, Kasumu's in, isn't he? Um, I quite like the four at the back, but it it be but when you're at home, do you then go with a three and two wing backs? Who knows, Brady, what he's gonna do. Let's say he sticks with this formation. Um, probably Kasumu slots in that middle where Rudoni kind of was, and then I'd put Rudoni maybe where Diara was, put Diara on the bench, Holmes on the left, um, and then Thomas Ward. And mm, does Jackson get in there again? I mean, probably. I mean, I, I really think Ben Jackson has kind of fought for the fought his way into the team now. I think he's he's put a marker down, hasn't he? Um so I don't know, maybe I wouldn't change that much. Um because I know they had a lot of shots the other night, but when you're limiting a team to just kind of pot look shots outside the box, because that seemed like what it mostly was. There was a few really good blocks in there in the box and things, but what Nichols made about four four or five saves, didn't he? Um I think I think you're you're laughing really, to be honest. Um I'd I'd take thirty six shots from outside the box all day long. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think for me changes. This is no, um, you know, Brody Spencer's a young lad, uh, right back in it, but I think he did struggle. Um, so I'd probably give Kessler Hayden a game at right back, just because I think, like we say, if we want more lone players, probably got to start playing the ones we currently got. Mm. I probably, yeah, Kasuma comes back in for me. We don't know team news on Kamara yet, but maybe just let him rest this because you know. Given the state we're in, he has been very crucial to us. So, be silly to risk him for this one if we, you know, if he's not not going for it. And then, yeah, I, I think that's it. Really, I think you're right. Um, I mean, looking at that bench from from yesterday, there's not there's not a lot that jumps out. You could maybe swap roads for for Ward, but yeah. but yeah, I think I think that's it. But I'd probably just bring in Kessler Hayden and Kasuma. Really, I think you know Ruffles. <laughs> hopefully, he can carry on and be yeah. You know, be prime Holland. Uh, that would be well, great. Be, but yeah, I, you know what if Ruffles? Because I think has has he arrived now? Finally, maybe because I think that's one thing I maybe didn't expect him to be a brilliant defender coming from Oxford. But all I got from Oxford when he was there was that he's going to pop up for with a, a few goals from set pieces, and he did exactly that, didn't he? Um, on Tuesday, coming out. Yeah, imagine if he goes on a nice little run now. Yeah, well, we yeah. need it. I, I mean, to be fair, like when we signed him, we said this at the time, but like, you know, he's behind Harry Toffler, who you know, I know we're biased, but he's one of the he was one of the best fullbacks in the league. So he was, un- you know, he was unlucky, and I think that's kind of stunted his town career. So hopefully, this is a chance for him yeah. to kick on. Um, Justin, sorry, we've done a lot of talking about the, the players. Would you would you change anything? Perhaps maybe match Swansea up at risk of overcomplicating it. Maybe going full Pep Guardiola with it, but yeah, I, I would possibly 
match Swansea and then just leave it down to individual battles. Um, I think you're right about bringing um, uh, Kane Hesse Hayden in. I think obviously if Spencer struggled against QPR, um, then it makes sense. It's just how, it's just where you put personnel. And obviously if you're light in midfield, for example, a, a midfield of Dwayne Holmes and Jack Rodoni and whether that be Diara or Kasumi, looks quite lightweight um, potentially. Um, and obviously, as I've mentioned already, that midfield battle is going to be key. So you need legs in there. You're going to need legs in there. So I think possibly bringing Kasumi back in might might utilise that a little bit. I might disagree with Kamara, even if he's 50, 60% fit, I'd maybe get 45 minutes out of him um, mm. just because he, he's so key into that midfield, especially he's winning the ball back and turning turning possession over. Um, so I'd perhaps bring him in because he's, he's got a month to rest. Perhaps it's naive of me to, to, to bring that in, but... Um, yeah, who just need points. So I think yeah, putting your best players out, um, especially on the eve of a, a very long break, might be the right thing to do for following him. So yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't change too much, but perhaps match um, match Swansea up with a with a three five two or maybe a three three five one one potentially. Nice. Those tactics are going to be what earns you your JP. So strap on your G so Well done. Um, okay then, Tom. Score prediction time. What are you going for? Uh, 2-1 town uh, nice. Rudy and Helic goals nice it'd be good if Rudy scored I think uh, I think he's deserved it after playing here yeah. and everywhere this season yeah. I think we're going to squeak a 1-0 personally um, just, again it's the hope that kills you but you know back to back wins everyone's going into the World Cup feeling a bit more positive so make it happen town Justin go on then put us out of our misery yeah, it depends what you want me to say. If you want me to say Swansea will win, then Huddersfield might just do it. Um, but unfortunately, my gut feeling is telling me that Huddersfield will bag a 2-1 win. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because um, usually the opposite happens, especially in times like this. But I fancy a Will Boyle goal from a set piece, and I fancy Jack, uh, Jack Regina to score as well, because he's been so close on so many occasions. He's due a goal. Um, so yeah, I, I would say a 2-1 win to Huddersfield. I'm a little bit confident with it, so perhaps naive. I'll give you two answers there. Swansea to batter Huddersfield just for the sake of <laughs> you know, jinxing it. Um, but actually good feeling telling me Huddersfield 2 on win. And uh, if we don't get the result you want, uh, it is at Justin Peach 27. On <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tom, before we go, um, who could save Justin from Twitter trolls, eh? Uh, there's only one person, right? Yeah, it's the amazing elbow. Um, I think the fans can probably see I was trying my best working hard. The amazing elbow. As a centre forward, you know, the last thing you want is a goal drought starting off with a club. Started on my own up front and the really good centre forwards like Jordan were rested. Take it away. Uh, so where did we find him last? He's not really appeared for the last few um, panels. But so Warnock's on the pitch. Uh, groundsmen weren't happy. Turned out to be Kevin Muscat in disguise. Warnock blows a whistle, which summons a little Paddy Kenny, who um, fires into Muscat and headbutts him. This results in Kevin Muscat's head exploding um, and thousands of little Alex Pritchards disperse out of his head. So that's what you voted for this week. Thousands of Alex Pritchards flying all over the ground. Um, 
<laughs> this causes chaos around the Sir John Smith Stadium um, and he starts running amok and pretty much destroying the place. Um, so the amazing elbow, he thinks, oh no, there's only one way to save the stadium and that is dot, dot, dot. There we go. Uh, Brady, do you want to go first this week? Yep, sure, why not? Um, I mean... What stops an Alex Pritchard from performing at his best? Uh, it's given them a Huddersfield Town contract. So that's why <laughs> I'm this week. That's awkward because that is exactly what I've written down. As well. <laughs> <laughs> it is a tap in as uh, you know as options go. To be fair, um, so Justin, I'll let you go whilst I uh, think of another one. <laughs> yeah, I had two choices for this. It was either a new deal or. Um... Or the physio room. What did Alex Pritchard like the most? It's a physio. It's a physio table. So what do you put on there? You put on I don't know lots of honey, sweet things. Attract all the little Alex Pritchards to the physio room. You never get him out. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, right. What can I? What can I put here? Um, do you know what? Right. Um, Amazing Elbow looks down the tunnel and he goes. Release the hogs and like five rabid Jonathan Hogg creatures come chasing off after and start eating up all these Alex Pritchards. Because I just remember how scared Alex Pritchard used to look in all those videos with Hoggy like <laughs> when we were in the Prem. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's that one where Pritchard flips his ears and Hogg goes, yeah. if you do that again, I'll bang you out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, okay. the Hogs. There we go. Nice. Um, my uh, my only boring anecdote is I once saw Alex Pritchard when he was playing for town. And I was walking into a bathroom and he was coming out. And, um, yeah, he is, he is a small guy. That's all <laughs> That's all I can say. It was like a double take. So. Brady, click that and use it as a st- uh, thing for the social media. That'll really get some retweets in. Oh, I don't want Sunderland fans going, oh, cry more, you know? We talked about this, but yeah, I'm good that didn't work out because I, I remember saying at the time, I thought that would be a minute. Anyway, okay, I mean, so you three options. Come on. on. He, he scored a couple of goals. In that Premier League season, we stayed up, and you've got to be, you've got to give him a, you've got to give him a little like cheers for that, and yeah, you have, you have, okay, very, very nice of you, Tom, very balanced. Okay, so your three options this week on the amazing elbow are, um, stop the Pritchards, you offer them either a Huddersfield Town contract, uh, a trip to the physio room, or um, there was a shout to release the hogs. Um, I wonder which one's going to win. I think everyone yeah. would love to see Tom draw several Jonathan Hogg creatures. I imagine. I quite like the, the like loads of little Pritchards getting trapped in a honey thing. Though that's that's pretty cool. Like a honey trap on the physio table. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and we'll leave it there. Um, so Tom, this is the last one before. We uh, before the World Cup. Is there anything Thank you want to say to the fans? Thank God for that. That's what I say. I can't wait to have a little break and just like forget about town for a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, Justin, do you want to say? 
nice one. Justin, do you want to say anything to the town fans before before we uh, end it? You've got a month off. Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. And um, I tell you what, guys, if you have got a month off and you want to enjoy it, oh, our little sponsor will probably help you with that. Yeah, Magic Rock Brewing. Uh, you know, get the beers in. The World Cup is coming. Um, so 10% off all online orders with the code AHTTC10. Uh, so get it used, get the beers in and uh, put your feet up and we can come back and talk about all the defeats um, when the season resumes. So that was it. Um, thanks to Tom and Justin. Thanks to you all for listening and to Tar for now and up the town. So town play up we'll bring the car back to Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, muck nugget share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.